Big Finish for the love of stories. You're listening to the Big Finish podcast. Release date Sunday the 27th of August, 2023. I think it would be a good idea if we talk this through calmly. We all seem to be on different pages, as it were. Ron, surely you know us. Mel and the Doctor. We're friends of your wife's, remember? My wife? Ron, have you been keeping a wife in your wardrobe without me knowing? Eunuch and Benji! Ah, we're back! <laughs> Did you miss us? Oh. Don't, don't answer that one. No. I'm Benji Clifford, he's Nick Briggs. This is Big Finish. Audiobooks, audio drama and this podcast, all for the love of stories. Ah, oh, we've waited a long time to hear that again. And yeah. we return in a bumper podcast, but oh, sorry, it just bumped into me. Catching up on the last two weeks and throwing forward... Whoa to next week. In a moment, Benji and I will be talking about our holidays. If we feel like it, do we feel like it? Yeah, I can have a little little, uh, whirl about it, you know. Yeah, I suppose so. (laughs) After that, though, it'll be time for the Good Review Guy, reviewing the reviews of The War Master Self-Defence. Where is my ship? We were hoping you'd be able to tell us that. Then we go behind the scenes with this week's Purity Unbound, a sixth Doctor box set, and in particular, the episode... Girl in a Bubble, 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 by Jack Rayner, released on Wednesday the 30th of August. I'm Jack Rayner, and I wrote and produced Girl in a Bubble. Listeners' emails are back. Sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. What's in our mailbox? Well, mind your own business, of course. Well, until we get to it, then. Oh, yeah, then we go behind the scenes with last week's Diary of River Song release, The Orphan Quartet, available now. I'm James Goss, and I'm the producer of The Excise Men. I don't suppose you know where I could find a room for the night? Then more behind-the-scenes goodness with Time Slip, which when I was reading it there, I thought it said Turnip. turnip. The time <laughs> of the tipping point, <laughs> available now. The veget- vegetable-based <laughs> time travel series. Turnip. I'm Helen Goldwyn, and I am the writer and director of The Time of the Tipping Point. Then the Randomoidus Electrotron will once again be delivering a random release with a 25% discount skillfully attached to it by Big Finish content manager Jackie Emery. If she's back from her holiday, I think she probably is now. Uh, who can guess what it is? You can by listening to this edited in later clip. And finally, as always, we round off the podcast with a free 15-minute drama tease. And this week, it's from Purity Unbound, a Sixth Doctor box set, and the story Girl in a Bubble by Jack Rayner. No! Doctor! Here on the door! Welcome to Doctor! The Development and Organisation Centre for Tidal Ocean Research... Doctor. That can't be a coincidence. Of course it isn't. It's a challenge. So, yeah, what about our holidays? You went to Germany. I went to Guernsey. Both begin with G. Yeah, well, you (laughs) know, fine taste, doesn't it, really? No, lovely time. It was very nice. Very hot over down in Mannheim. Uh, the temperature sounds like a weatherman. Um, temperature was thirty-four to thirty-seven degrees. Good lord! So at its peak, it was quite something. Um, very, very. It was the type of hot city heat as well. So it was just real relentless heat. But you enjoyed it. 
Oh, I loved it. I thought it was really nice. You know, a lovely little veranda that I got to sit oh. out on. So I spent a lot of time just veranda raising the sun. Plays, uh, yeah, she was constant. there. <laughs> <laughs> I got attacked by mosquitoes and had to buy, had to go to an apotheque or a apothecary, apothecary. Oh, right. um, I had I to go that, there. That makes to me get... think of Romeo and Juliet because they go to see apothecary. the apothecary to get the poison. It's a wonderful word, isn't it? There's no, no, you know, there's a reason we say chemist now is because it's too <laughs> difficult to say. But I had to get loads of mosquito repellent because I was just attacked, dive bombed by them non-stop. Oh, yeah. Did you get um, a lot of ha- nasty bites? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm allergic to them. So um, I looked, I've still got a uh, sore one on my hand here that I keep itching oof. now. Yeah, I've got one. You can see. Can you see that? No, oh, yeah, 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 can't yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. yep. Yeah. Yeah. But um, no, it's it just lovely summertime. Nice nasty little one break. on my head as well. I won't go on to my laptop being a pain, but um, subsequently it meant that I just relaxed a lot more, which was quite nice in the end. So I feel fresh, I feel excited, I feel raring to go, and um, it was lovely to see all my German friends. That's good, isn't it? Uh, Talking of injury, uh, I've actually got... I won't bother showing you. Shall I show you? I've got... I've got quite a nasty scratch on my stomach because yesterday I was just sitting in the garden having my uh, dinner because the weather was still quite nice yesterday. It's gone a bit nasty today. Um, and uh, and a big bumblebee came up. Now, I'm no longer the kind of person who panics when they see a bee or a wasp, mainly because I want to stop my son from panicking. And he panics like I did when I, I was a kid. But uh, So it came buzzing up, huge, great thing. And I thought, oh, well, I just sort of moved a bit and wafted my hand gently. But it just landed on my shirt. And I thought, oh, now, come on, stop doing that. And my shirt was kind of crinkled open by the button. Oh, it started no. to It started to just crawl in. And at this point, <laughs> I started to flap. And, and I tried to brush it away, but forgot I had a fork in my hand. And so stabbed myself in the stomach with my fork. Now, oh, luckily, no. it wasn't particularly sharp. But, and it did hurt. And then I looked later, and I've got a little vertical cut <laughs> in my stomach because oh my I goodness. stabbed myself with a fork what an idiot well I would say that's probably the better outcome than being Mr I've got a bumblebee in my shirt and yeah. running around the garden screaming you know well th- that's right I mean I saw Lizzie Hopley one of our great writers and great friend uh, uh, posted on Facebook saying a wasp crawled inside my shirt and and stung me and I want my mum oh. <laughs> They're horrible. You know, they're, they're not very nice. I mean, I got stung for the first time ever last summer. Yeah. I'd never been stung prior to that. Was it a and wasp? It did get, yeah, and it did get inside my shirt. Yeah, that's and what it happens. St- yeah. It stung me, dear listeners, on my nipple. And it was so Ooh. painful. It was the most <laughs> agonizing pain. Um, I actually took my shirt off and threw it out the window. I was that... <laughs> threw it out the window. But, um, but you'd still been stung uh, the but, thing but is was, i've probably mentioned this before but we should feel sorry for wasps because at this time of year the reason they're such a nuisance they've been chucked out of their nest there's nothing else for them to do and they are uh, and they're on their last legs they're dying because they've got no purpose and they've got no nutrition so they are desperate for sugar absolutely hungry and that's they? why there's just any time you start eating something they're like uh, anything for me here? anything for me here? you know they've not got long left um but then it's not so funny if they they, if they uh, sting, sting you. you. No. Well, um, I had this conversation last night down the pub, actually. Yes. Because yeah. um, a friend of mine got stung for the first time two weeks ago. And we both said that once you do get stung, 
it does change you, if, well, providing you, you're not like an anaphylactic, yes. you know, and have a big shot. But if but if it doesn't affect you in that way, like I found when I was on holiday and surrounded by wasps of all shapes and sizes, including a hornet, by the way, oh, in, in the flat, which was terrifying. That's my wife's um, maiden name. Oh, yes, it is, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. She wasn't in the flat. Um <laughs> But um, but I, d- I didn't fear the wasps in the same way. I let them buzz around me and sit on my shoulder and irritate me. But I normally I would have been well, half Because now you the know garden. what it's like. It's not pleasant, but it's not the end of the world as long as you're not yeah. allergic. And I've been stung several times, but more times than I can remember in my life. I mean, not a huge number. I just can't remember. It. It's more than <sighs> one and probably less than 12, you know. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. not. I'm not terrified of them. I just find it irritating. I think I really, and it does hurt, and it does swell up, and it's a pain in the wherever it is. Yeah. But oh, by the way, I haven't mentioned. I went to Guernsey. I did mention that, but I haven't mentioned what I thought of Guernsey. I mean, it was nice. I liked Herm, one of the smaller islands. We went into Herm uh, and Monster. Yeah. We said, should we go Herm? Uh, Herm. Uh, we got the ferry over there, and that was very nice. And that's kind of what I wanted Guernsey to be like. But Guernsey, it's very small. It's got more cars than you could possibly imagine, and the roads are really, really narrow, and the rules on the roads are ever so slightly different to the UK rules, because the Channel Islands, although part of the British Isles, are not part of the United Kingdom. So they're a British protectorate, I think it's called. Um, So, uh, yeah, so mainly I got through my holiday by deciding to write a storyline. Oh, and the boats not going there, the, the ferry going there and coming back were both late and the sea was really, really rough. I mean, these huge ferries ploughing through the waves, really thudding, you know. Luckily, I'd taken my travel sickness tablets. So uh, you, I, you'd had your joy rides. I was indestructible. Yeah. See, the, the, we had a going. So bear in mind, there was a train strike. Then we so the, we had to go on three different trains when the trains were striking. To get on a plane, go over there, and then get a train from Frankfurt to Mannheim. Do you know the only delay that we had was the German train? Wow! I really, I did Unheard not expect of. that. But they've—I don't know what's happened in Germany, but they used to be super efficient. Yeah. But every train and tram I got was not on time at all. Good delays Lord. everywhere. But over here, in the middle of a strike, and I was and and I left really early to to get over there. Um, absolutely fine well it's all luck or bad luck or whatever isn't it i mean yeah we yeah. drove to paul and got the ferry from paul to but my wife had made a mistake on the booking and rather than going to guernsey guernsey is nearest to the uk jersey's a bit further so the journey to guernsey is about three hours but she got a ferry that went to jersey first so we went to jersey and then had to come back to guernsey so it actually took six hours <laughs> and it was two hours late so when we arrived oh, in guernsey no. it was pitch black and we're driving around on these impossibly narrow little lanes where there's not enough signal for the sat nav to work trying desperately to find where we're staying in this little cottage in a near in a farm luckily the only way we found it eventually where we, we thought it must be here somewhere and then we saw this little light waving in the pitch black and it was the lady who was very very nice who owns the place out in the middle of this track waving her light around because she must have heard a car coming and thought that's got to be them it's really late she'd looked up the ferry times and apparently it's driving them all mad there that the ferries are just get they're just so late all the time it's terrible isn't it because they're they're at the mercy of um 
weather conditions. And if, if it's a rough crossing, it takes longer and then the turnaround's longer. And to be fair, on the way back, they the crew, I think, worked really, really hard to get it back to nearly, I think it was only about half an hour late when we got in. And Still enough, though, isn't it? We got it, in to, in the early hours havoc. of the morning. So I feel, and I had to go straight and direct some big Finnish Doctor Who complaining about my job. What, what an ingrate I am. Um, and I really feel like I need a holiday to get over my holiday. <laughs> Well, it could be worse. It could be worse. <laughs> it could be worse. Everything could be could worse, be worse, you know, but at the same time, it is what it is. But you just gotta just gotta roll with it, haven't you, really? But the main thing is you you made the cause to get away on holiday. Yeah. So that's the most important thing. And the only thing that relaxed me was doing some work. <laughs> yeah, but that's nice. You know, that's we we often say to each other, we enjoy we're happy in our work, so yeah. it's kind of okay, you know. But um there we go, listeners. Right. Can you write in to us at podcastofbigfinish.com and tell us about your holidays, mm. your summer holidays? Uh, we'll be getting on to the emails later on in the podcast. Not those ones, because we, we're not, you know, we, we can't travel in time to get those emails. But there are some emails. But first, it is time for the Good Review Guide, finding the latest positive comments about Big Finish Productions to help recommend them for you. And as promised this week, we're looking at the Warmaster self-defense. No, it can't be. My time is up, Doctor. I need, I need your help. From Big Finish Productions, the Warmaster self-defense. Where is my ship? We were hoping you'd be able to tell us that. We were looking for others. Other survivors. Survivors of what? A, a, A crash? An accident? I, I don't remember. Who are you more scared of? The Daleks or your own people? One more word and I will kill you, Cole. <laughs> yeah, because if you just kill enough people, that will solve all your problems, won't it? Why are you doing this? It's an interesting hypothetical, isn't it? Lord President Doctor, under your guidance, the Time Lords might have changed, become more sympathetic, more open. What did you want from me? I want you to stay. And witness my fate. Oh, it's back. And it's heading this way. Quick, quick, get hold of anything you can. You might need it. Come on. Grab a torch. Come on. Hurry. You think you can survive me? I am the master. And I will destroy you. No. You can't just end it there. Big finish for the love of stories. Just go to bigfinish.com and type self-defense into the search pane right. at the top to find this one. And first up, the cosmiccircus.com. Now, there's a URL I like. Brian Kitson uh, says, Derek Jacoby is truly excellent in every story, bringing humor and lightheartedness along with the sinister side fans know from the master. As my first entry into the world of audio dramas from Big Finish, I was pleasantly surprised by the adventures self-defense took me on. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? Brian Kitson, thank you. Welcome. I hope uh, that uh, you will listen to more. Lovely. The Cosmic Circus. I'd never heard of the Cosmic Circus. Cosmic Circus. Hmm. Uh, WarpedFactor.com, one of our old favourites, Matthew Kressel. I always want to say Mathel Kressel. I can't pronounce your name, Matthew. What's the matter with me? Mathel Kressel. Matthew Kressel. Matthew Kressel. 
I like a bit of crest. Uh, from making the most of Jacoby's talents to a fan-pleasing reunion well-realised, self-defence is another triumph for a range that has taken big finish from strength to strength. For something that began as a mere few minutes 15 years ago has grown one of the most compelling pieces of Doctor Who storytelling around at present. For those who've not had the pleasure of experiencing it for themselves, self-defence is a fantastic to dive into. Sorry, fan is a fantastic to dive in. I guess it's a fantastic story to dive yeah, into. I don't maybe. Know. There's a missing word there. Write in if you mm. know what the missing word from Matthew Kressel's review was. Well, and we should thank Scott Handcock, who now works on Doctor Who on the telly as a script editor, because he was the one who suggested doing the War Master. So there you have well, it. Well, he, he got that one right, didn't he? Did. He, he absolutely well got did. that one right. Well done. Well, Razor Devro from SciFiPulse.net says, This box set is near perfect. Get in. I honestly don't see how Ten and the Warmaster can interact again without being anticlimactic. Uh, anticlimactic. Um, now, I was slightly concerned here that we got 9.7 out of 10. And if it's near perfect... They did say near perfect. It did say near perfect. But I want to see... I want to know what is imperfect about it. What warranted that... That point yeah, seven. Razor, write in and tell us. Mind you, we probably wouldn't read it out. Uh, at boundariesedge.com. Wow. No, what's that? At Boundaries Edge. Oh, ba- I said Boundary Sedge. <laughs> <laughs> you fool, you old fool. It's like Philip Edney uh, from uh, The Sirens of Audio. I'm always reading his name out as Philip Pedney. Yeah, uh, I anyway. do that. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry about that, Philip. Uh, it's Alex Horman who's from At Boundaries Sedge. <laughs> the performances and sound design are faultless as ever, and there's a strong narrative behind it all. There's at least one more box set still to come, and I've got my fingers crossed for a few more yet. Thank you. Nice one. Nice one. Well, we've got here Peter Nolan. Come on. Peter Nolan, fantastic actor. Just did a little Google, and it says here, Peter Nolan uh, has a CBE and is the Chonghua Chair in the Chinese Development and Director of the University's Centre of Developmental Studies at the University of Cambridge. And he still finds time to send me business-related emails and write reviews of Big Finish for Blog And Tenu. act in his spare time yeah, as well. well man, that the man huge is just career as a game show host as well. Oh, of course, yeah. Don't juggle your apples, it was called, wasn't yes, it? Yes, that's right. Because, um, and the thing that happened with the apples... You can't even talk about it. It's no, that shocking. can't talk about what happened to the apples. But he but knew, I don't think any he apples are apples. mentioned in... He knew his apples, yeah. Blogtohu.com. Self-defence proves again why the Warmaster is one of Big Finish's most acclaimed ranges, mm-hmm. showcasing the character at his most deadly, and once more giving Derek Jacobi scripts worthy of tearing into with gusto. Being bad continues to look oh so good. And gusto is, of course, our, our resident clown. Gusto uh, the cow. <laughs> Hoganreviews.co.uk. David Hogan. It's a Hogan, Hogan. Hogan-themed website. Uh, self-defense gives us a great hour-long episode of the man playing off of David Tennant's Doctor, which pretty much makes the whole set worth it. Recommended four stars. And that was actually out of three, so that's amazing, David. Thanks. Yeah, that's just next level, isn't it? <laughs> well, on social media, Telos32 says, Excellent set. David Tennant is an added bonus. As uh, to life, generally. Uh, at Newt5996, a brilliant set that knows what each story is doing to be a piece of an overall story continuing the high-quality streak 
of this range. I read that in a really record-breakingly bad way, didn't I? But anyway, just <laughs> yes, piece those words together and work out what Newt5996 was saying. Well, I had a lot of these this past 10 days. Salami, salami Sandwich 4. Salami Sandwich. Mask of Mandragora joke there for anyone listening. Yep, very well done. Very well done. Uh, it says here, finished listening to The Warmaster Self-Defense and what a box set it is. This is my first time hearing this master properly and he's probably the most evil one yet. But what a delight he is. Oh. What a great Jew Derek and David make. His master theme is so good too. It is very good. Isn't it? I think he meant duo, not a duo, <laughs> but he did write duo. He did just say duo, yeah. I thought when I read that, I thought, oh, that must be some fancy way of saying it. But no, I think no, it's it just, just a wrong just way of saying it. Just the wrong way of saying it. Listen, next week, um, the Good Review Guy will be scrutinising the Fourth Doctor Adventures, The Nine, starring, of course, a salami sandwich. Uh, sorry, Tom Baker. Coming up soon, listeners' emails, The Diary of River Song, Time Slip, and The Randomoid Selectatron. Wow. Can you contain your excitement? Mm, let's see. But first, let's go behind the scenes with this Wednesday's top release, Purity Unbound, Girl in a Bubble, featuring Colin Baker as a girl in a bubble. Sorry, as the sixth doctor. <laughs> I'm Jack Rayner, and I wrote and produced Girl in a Bubble. I didn't originally plan to write as well but at the beginning when we were planning it all out and Rob and I were trying to work out uh, you know who we wanted and all this and um, we were told you do know that, you, that you're allowed to write for it as well and I was like oh I didn't know that was allowed oh right then you know go on which did mean that we were able to shape some of the uh, more plot heavy moments more of the you know the setups or where we were going to so it made things simpler i'm bonnie langford and i play melanie bush or as hebe calls me melanie mel she's still absolutely devastated about hebe and desperately trying to put the pieces together so that she can get her back and right the wrongs that have happened so far so i think you know as usual she's definitely very keen and anxious to not just take in the coffee shops but to actually get uh, the job done to make sure that she puts everything back the way it was and and through doing so certain other things start to unravel. I'm Ruth Maidley and I play Hebe Harrison. So Hebe is a wheelchair user. She is fierce and feisty. She's really ballsy. She's She's a really good friend, she's brave and she's vulnerable as well in some ways which um, has been really exciting to explore all of the different dimensions of Hebe and yeah, I just think I think she's great. Hello, my name is Toby Haydoke and I play Ron. The bond between Ron and Hebe is rather nice because Ron's always been the sort of hapless adjunct up until now and, 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 and because now, you know, he's, he's very protective in the society that is created for this story, you know, the law means that she has to rely on Ron and, and is, um, you know, there's something very clever about that as well, that somebody who is actually perfectly capable, society has made her reliant on somebody else. I just love writing for them. I love writing for, for Hebe. I loved writing for the Doctor and Mel as well. 
Just go to bigfinish.com and type Purity Unbound into the search pane at the top to find this one. And remember, it's released next Wednesday, the 30th of August. I will remember. Yeah, you better remember that one. Meanwhile, though, remember this, Nick. It's time for... Listener's emails. Beautiful. And you don't have to be in a bubble to send us an email, <laughs> although that would be quite fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. But, uh, you know, maybe maybe you... If, if you're in a bubble, do send us an email. Send it to podcast at bigfinish.com. First up, Dave Savinsky. The subject of this one is humour. Um, I quite like that. Very funny. Um, <laughs> Dear Nick and Benji, uh, recently, after listening on my CD player uh-huh. to a documentary about the Dewey Decimal System, narrated by Peter Allen, for some inexplicable reason, I found myself reflecting on recent Big Finish podcasts. Mm. Not long ago on the podcast, you remarked that some Big Finish audio dramas were so moving, you found yourself brought almost to tears. Beyond. A death in the family had the same effect on me. He said that the same effect won me. Um, Whilst (laughs) some stories have moved me to tears, there are many more Big Finish stories so wonderfully humorous that I found myself laughing out loud. Lovely. Broadway belongs to me. The recent Sith Doctor story in the Purity series is an example. It was funny and just brilliant in its comedic themes and the perfect comic delivery by Colin Baker and Bonnie Langford. Dream team right there. Kingmaker, Serpent in a Silver Mask and Big Bangaboom are some it's others. Bang Bangaboom actually, but he's, he did write Big Bangaboom. <laughs> it did say Big Bang. <laughs> Big Boom Bum Boom Boom. Mate, I'm just reading this. It's, I'm no, just reading fine. the words on I'm the screen. I'm just pointing out to the listeners. Oh, no, you're right, you're right, you're right. Just going back uh, also, anything that accent. includes Henry Gordon Jager, uh, or Missy. Yeah. So glad Missy has more box sets on the horizon. What are some of your favourite stories that transformed your mood where you found yourself laughing out loud? Dave Zavinsky. The Big Finish podcast with your levity also inspire many laughs. Thanks for this. Oh, Dave, you're so welcome. Um, oh, I'm such a miserable individual. I can't think of any... <laughs> Any big finish releases that made me laugh, but I have laughed a lot. I laugh a lot in studio. I try to, when I'm directing, I try to keep things as light as possible and encourage people to say silly stuff. And we do. And I know that like this week I was directing and um, I can't feel the details. It's ultra secret. Um, and, you know, we had some people in shadowing, producing. And I, I, I know I just worry that they're thinking, Cause they don't do any work. They're just laughing all the time. <laughs> I think when people are happy, they do their best work. As long as you sort of rein it in, you have to let it roll out of control for just a few moments. And then you think, OK, folks, let's get on with it now. But, yeah, funny big finish releases. I mean, I, I can remember one I worked on that it probably isn't that funny looking back, but I remember it being really fun to 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 um, put together, which is My Dinner with Andrew, which is uh, the Diary of River Song oh. set 3.3. Um, and that was a fun one because you, you had Peter Davison in it playing, uh, he, he obviously the fifth doctor, but he plays Andrew. So he doesn't, I can't remember if he doesn't remember who he is but anyway there's just a lot of it's written with a real great sense of humour and oh, fun and he does such a great job at just you know you not being what you expect and obviously I think Alex Kingston is fantastic oh, as River Song with that lovely tongue and cheek sort of way of delivering lines and little, little I thought that was a really fun almost Douglas Adams yeah. style kind of uh, script which I found quite funny oh brilliant um, 
But you know, you're talking to the wrong person. I, I work on survivors. It doesn't get more miserable than that. You know, there's no there's no comedy in that show. Um, no, fair enough. But like, but like you say, Nick, it's again. You know, I think we 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 exist in a different reality ourselves, where we're working on it, so we're not listening to it in the same way. But when you're in studio, almost every time there's there's always something funny that happens and there's always a joke and an ongoing gag and something that really makes you laugh yeah i'm happiest when people are laughing so i encourage it really um oh definitely i think the uh that we no longer have them available but the judge dread and strontium dog releases there were some really funny things in those uh which really make me laugh and the strontium dog releases is such a, a tragedy for me personally that they're no longer available because i i think they're like some of the best things we've ever done they're so beautifully written and made and acted i have to confess that i am in them but not playing a leading role so i'm not patting it had simon Pegg playing the leading role and he was oh, brilliant that's great yeah but i'm not patting myself on the back although i'm quite proud of my portrayal of the character hick squid Six squid, he was called. <laughs> he was a squid who kept squirting, accidentally squirting ink everywhere. He's like, oh, oh dear. Anyway, <laughs> next up, Anthony Zahetna, one of our favourites, says, Benji and Nick's summer holidays. Dear Nick and Benji, holiday there, in that high there voice. Holiday, holiday there. there. <laughs> Very good. I found your holiday reminiscences as fascinating and universally relatable. I was wondering, Benji, did your grandpa wave his stick at you so you could walk easier on your stitched leg? What? <laughs> or, or a as he, or was he oblivious as some oldies are? I think he was trying to get our attention. You know, actually, I think that was the, that was the thing. It was like a flag. It was like a beacon of positivity after this hellish holiday to see that familiar old face holding a, a, a stick in the air oh. but he was formidable with his stick my granny and granddad i remember a day out to dover castle once because they always bickered and argued but they loved it they remember they both confessed to me once they said we always seem like we argue but we really we find it so enjoyable that uh, that we just like doing it <laughs> i remember we always called it sticks at dawn because they were bickering about something at dover castle and they got out their walking sticks and almost had a duel. They were whacking each other's sticks. I thought it was ever so funny, but the setting made it 200 times funnier. Yeah, yeah, the castle. This castle. It's like some yes. sort of uh, showdown at the end of Robin Hood or something. Yeah, yeah, with these two pensioners. Very funny. In Morocco, when you went through those two ordinary doors into a palace, are you sure you didn't enter the TARDIS? Sounds like it to me. I'd love to see a Moroccan TARDIS with those massive arches. Wouldn't that be incredible? The lovely architecture. And a TARDIS with the, um, with the time rotor that looks a bit like a Moroccan lamp. That oh. would be so cool. He said, Nick, are you sure you didn't stay at Faulty Towers? I can't <laughs> honestly remember what I was talking about. What did I say? Do you remember? Uh, probably some dodgy hotel, I can imagine. It must have been the one in Fuerteventura. It did feel yes, a little bit yes, like Faulty Towers, except there was no one with any comedic personality, just people who'd had their personalities surgically removed, I believe. Uh, also, if you prefer to read and draw Daleks than sa uh, read and draw Daleks than sail, did your did you ask your dad? I'm doing a great job of reading this, aren't I? Uh, did you ask your dad if you could name the boat something like Scaro Skimmer or Red Rowboat Rising? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Of course, in this country, we say rowing boat, so that doesn't work. Um, what a good idea. I'd love a, a boat called Scaro Skimmer. That'd be, that'd make Ooh. it happen, Nick. Yeah. Make it happen. And in inverted commas, um, 
Anthony says, "Be happy." I'm not sure. Be why happy. Be I, happy. I'm not sure he's why he's put it in inverted commas. I think he's just quoting it. Be happy. Well, the sun is shining. Who? It is beautiful day. Lucky apartment. Oh, oh it's your, it's your Mr. Be happy. This is Mr. Be happy. Yeah. I mean, don't forget, we haven't done a podcast for two weeks, so I it's barely true, even know who I am. Anyway, he signs himself off as Antipodean Anthony. Thank you so much, Anthony. Lovely to hear from you. And finally, uh, this one's from Mike Lacey, uh, subject Big Finish and AI. Mm. Uh, Dear Nick, Benji and Cosmic Ray. (laughs) Hey man, it's just me, just here, you know. Um, I read that a company sampled James Earl Jones's Darth Vader voice so that Disney can use AI-generated version new shows. Uh, That made me wonder... Is Big Finish experimenting with AI, or do you have a policy on using it? I'm not sure what the legal or ethical ramifications are. I don't think actors retain the rights of their characters or their own voices, and you currently produce audios with impressive impersonations, like John Coleshaw's Brigadier and Jacob Dubman's Eleventh Doctor. But that's different than using samples of copyrighted material to train generative AI. However, you have access to countless hours of audio produced by Big Finish, as well as licenses with the BBC that might allow you to make use of audio from TV shows. Would you ever consider using AI-generated voices if they were convincing enough, or would you not want to replace real actors? AI has come a long way in a short amount of time. I'm excited about its creative possibilities, but also concerned about its possible misuse. As creative artists, I'm curious about your thoughts on the subject. All the best, Mike. Well, the answer is that mainly at the moment, I just don't know. Um, I would say I'm not very comfortable with the idea of replacing actors. But uh, so, you know, there's talk of the sort of AI thing where you get um, uh, the AI to recognise the voice, but uh, or, or recreate the voice, but that it's driven by a performance by another actor. So you get someone to do, you know, uh, say a Roger Delgado voice. I'm ju- I just snatched that out of the air. Don't read anything into that, folks. Uh, a Roger Delgado voice, but then have the AI having sampled Roger Delgado, you know, make it sound even more like him. However, you're absolutely right. There are sort of rights issues and, and ethical issues. I mean, is it right? I think the key to using AI is to, in creative circumstances is to make sure it's ethical. And, uh, you know, if you are using a sample of someone's voice, then the, that person or their estate, if they're a deceased actor, um, you know, should receive some... There should be an agreement in place, uh, however that works out in terms of, you know, monetary uh, reward or whatever. So, you know, I suppose I would entertain it if all those things were in place but I, it's, it's rather fun to get people in to do the voices of of uh, you know n- actors in Doctor Who who were no longer with us at a time when it, it you know when there seems enough enough time has elapsed that it seems tasteful and not you know uh, bad mannered to do it um, because they also bring something of themselves to it so it's kind of like a reinvention really and you can hear little sparky moments of the original thing oh god that's just like them oh well that's interesting what they've done there so i I really don't know the whole ai thing the whole of human civilization has been rather taken by surprise by it as a whole hasn't it and we we're sort of we don't quite know what to do with it we have certainly 
put into our contracts a thing that assures actors that we will not use their voices to train an AI and uh, without their permission. You know, then we won't, you know, that we we would have a further conversation with them and their representation if ever anything like that were to happen. But it's not automatic um, at all, you know, and is entirely up to them. I think that's the gist of it, really. So, yeah, interesting times ahead. I don't know how quickly this thing is going to evolve. There, there's part of me that thinks, well, wouldn't it be exciting to be able to have productions where they absolutely sounded exactly the same and you just believed you were, were hearing them? Interesting. Mm. I think it would be more... I mean, firstly, my opinion on it is yeah, the ethical side of things is is really difficult. And, you know, for example, um, I get really angry. I saw a, a publishing audio book publishing company. I uh, can't remember their name now. Well, they they released a statement saying that from now on they're going to be publishing audio books with computer generated AI voices. They're not good enough yet. They're, they're not good. They're enough. not good enough yet. But also, I think it's we're we're forgetting that. It's very easy because people are, you know, driven by money. It's very easy to pay 25 quid a month to get something like that, to churn out an audiobook, and people might buy it. But you're forgetting that acting, people go to study to act and, and perfect and hone their craft. It's a tradition as old as time, pretty much, you know, dates back to times before we even have records doing things like that. And I think to just eradicate that, with a computer overnight. Well, especially is, when the computer's not doing it as, as well. Well, like we said, when we had that, we were playing around once and it got a computer to say Patrick Troughton and it said Patrick Trotton. <laughs> you, know, you know, you can't, you can't, you have to be really, you have to be really careful. However, there are, as we were saying, some fantastic examples. Um, I actually think the James L. Jones thing is, is really interesting. However, I think the better example of this was Mark Hamill's um, Luke Skywalker, where they used AI to de-age his voice mm. to match the to match the um, the CGI stroke uh, augmented actor to look younger, and I think it worked really well, and it was it was just beautifully done. But again, that comes from an ethical standpoint. When you're to to coin a phrase, using a dead man's voice, um, it, you know there are lines that can be crossed because one could say. Isn't it fantastic that you're bringing back an actor, or you know, a dead a dead actress's voice, um, for people to enjoy and hear? But at the same time, the ethical thing is: is it right? Should we respect their body of work for what they did and contributed to, and honour them as we? Said, well, and with, I think in those circumstances, it's down to the estate of that. It is definitely person. down to the estate. Yeah. You know, and I they think, should be you know, able to refuse permission. I think. It's like the Daleks is a prime example. You know, the Daleks, due to the nature and the way that they speak, you could conceivably have an AI replacing everything that you do. Can I stop day, you Nick. right there? <laughs> stop it. But, you know, you know, it's, it's the same thing, but it removes the, the craft and the art and the, the passion and the energy and the excitement behind the performance. Well, I think what the most, even though all of us strive for order in our lives, the, the things that we most enjoy in our lives are the unpredictable things, and that's human um, existence is made is enriched by uh, the unpredictable nature of it in in some ways uh, so yeah and of course uh, the the thing about AI is that it is learning to um, imitate that 
unpredictability and you know say well you may think it's unpredictable but actually it's just an algorithm that can govern that unpredictability and and make you feel that it's real interesting, yeah, it's, interesting it's, it's, stuff it's ahead isn't i'm not quite sure uh, we've already uh, had a, a, a special sort of seminar on um, AI for all the staff members at Big Finish. It was fascinating for us to discuss it with an expert. Um, but yeah, I think as well, though, that in we're in such early stages of things, we don't know where it's going to go. No, no. Stay tuned, I say. <laughs> it's out there. You know, I pay for um, ChatGBT, the added one but i find it really useful in daily life just for doing stuff and and as a creative person i find it supercharges my creativity if i want to lay down an idea it really helps me to work things out but i wouldn't for one second publish anything that's ai generated because i think that's not me mm. you know you get all these ads of people saying learn how to write a book with chad gbt you know, I've published eight books. I think, well, you've not published eight. You've published eight books, but it's not you talking. You've just got a computer to, to write your, get your point across, you know? I think, yeah. no, I'm, I'm an old fogey. I, I like art, but art. Interesting. 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 Uh, but that's it for the emails this week. More emails next week. Keep them coming. Don't forget, there'll be a drama tease of next week's Sixth Doctor Adventures, Purity Unbound, Girl in a Bubble, at the end of this podcast. But first, let's catch up with River Song, the Orphan Quartet. I'm James Goss, and I'm the producer of The Excise Men. I don't suppose you know where I could find a room for the night? Uh, and uh, maybe some dry clothes? What I love about The Excise Men is that partly it is a setting that Doctor Who just doesn't do enough. Uh, the 17th and 18th century Cornwall, uh, it's a dark and stormy night. Uh, it's uh, a storm-lashed coast. There are smugglers, um, there are dodgy landlords and pubs. I mean, this is a wonderful evocation of uh, Jamaica Inn by Daphne du Maurier, just the... Um, the sense of a small, isolated community, all united in moral dubiousness, as many Cornish seaside communities were in those days, because they were all bound up with the dodgy business of smuggling, because ships were not safe. And uh, some ships were brought to wreck, and others were smuggling illicit goods. This is what I love about what Lou Morgan has done. She's created... Uh, this wonderful evocation of a period that you immediately go, oh, that's quite exciting. Uh, and also the idea, effectively, of River Song in this period, almost having River Song as a pirate queen. There, that's the last of them seen to. No one else out on the water. No. Normally expect a few more in a wreck. My name is Lou Morgan. I'm a scriptwriter and novelist and the writer of this episode, The Excise Men. I love a gothic story. There's something that always really appeals to me about them. Whatever medium it's in, I'm always up for some really good brooding. There's a big overlap with ghost stories, and that's another genre I really enjoy, but it's that dark, creeping claustrophobia that comes with a really good gothic story that gets me. I love reading them, watching them, listening to them, and I love writing them, partly because there's so much about character. 
it's a chance to put your characters under psychological stress and to keep turning that up notch by notch. And when you're writing for audio, it's such a great opportunity for a sound designer to really go to town too. Creaking floorboards, heavy footsteps, howling wind, thunderstorms. These are all the really big, classic, gothic sounds. And what, you know, what's not to love? They're my favourite kind of script. Dark and moody. You know, a bit like me, probably. The ship I was on had a minor argument with some rocks. <laughs> no, 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 I'm much more interested in my property... Uh... Buena. Ah. And it's all present and correct. As the barmaid, Wenna's, you know, the heart of the inn, but she's also the heart of the story. She's arguably the only truly good person in the village. She knows everyone, she's quick and capable, and she's very clever, which makes her an ideal ally for River. She cares about the people around her too, but whether that makes her an ideal ally for River is maybe a little bit more up for debate. My name is Jane Matthew, and I play the role of Wenna. Wenna is a wonderful young barmaid, bar wench of that time, and she is feisty, she's ballsy, she's confident, she's got her head screwed on, she is smart, and she has to take over from the useless innkeeper. River and Wenna have a, a lovely relationship, actually. They, River is they kind of argued by the end of it like an old married couple. River is obviously very disappointed and um, upset with them for selling their souls. And Wenna is kind of assisting the journey through this ep and is sort of angry and upset, but also following her around like a puppy dog, trying to work out what's going on and who she is and is very enamoured by her and in awe of her. And you can grab this release right now at bigfinish.com. Just type Orphan Quartet into the search pane at the top to find it. More behind-the-scenes investigations now as we travel through time with Big Finish's audio reinvention and continuation of ITV's 1970 time travel drama, Time Slip. I'm Helen Goldwyn and I am the writer and director of The Time of the Tipping Point. Right, let's have another read. Thanks all. Well done to all those who continue to work towards the rehabilitation of Mother Earth. You are the guardians of our home. President Riley. How did he get here so much earlier than us? It might not be our Neil. It could be an alternate. Could be. Then we'll still have to find the real Jade and Neil. So when I was asked to write uh, an episode by David Richardson, I think the assumption is that because I've worked on it and and directed it, that um, it's going to come easily (laughs) to write it. And to some extent... It, it really did. It flowed very easily once I'd got my plot line sorted because I, I'm so familiar with those characters and the dynamics between them and, of course, all the history. I didn't have to go away and research that. I went through it with the cast and, and writers of the previous series, although I did have to refresh my memory a little bit. But always, for me, the, the struggle is the plotting, the coming up with the plot and, and working out the intricacies of where they are, how they're there, why they're there, what obstacles they need to overcome you know all of that is painful for me (laughs) but once that's done the fun bit is the dialogue my name is Cheryl Burfield and I play Liz Skinner my name is Spencer Banks and I play Simon Randall at a time of crisis science is the voice of reason well this society has only been hearing selective voices for the past 50 years 
and that's starting to look like a huge problem. Why am I not surprised? They've all been terribly yeah. exciting, but this had a different dynamic to it, I, I thought. A lot of underwater acting, which I, I found a little bit, a little bit disconcerting. <laughs> yes, I, I agree. It was rather reminiscent of the jungle in certain respects, and it sort of also gave us a reminder, didn't it, of how it was back then. It sort of uh, brought all those those memories back to us. My name is Amanda Shideko and I play Jade Okafor. Um, my name's Sarah Sutton and I play Charlotte Trent. Well, I think what's great about it is we're doing it in a way that is entertaining, that doesn't feel like we're force-feeding you the information. But after you listen to it, you think about like the impact and you might then action out things because you've heard of this episode or you start to question things that maybe before you didn't so I think that's what's great about like you know slipping it in and you know unlike time slip there is a way out of you know escaping through the barrier whereas you know in real life there's no time barrier you know it just makes you a bit it's kind of maybe at the front of your mind of like what can I do in my small way you know mm. and this will go out to so many different types of people and so then you get different generations wanting to action up things uh, and do things in a way that doesn't feel like you must do this because that doesn't always work. It might yeah. be a trigger for people to go and find out more or yeah. look stuff up for themselves and um, get more information. Um, so I think if it's a key to that, then I think that that can only be a good, mm. good thing. Yeah. Um, I think it has to be ultimately entertaining mm. because otherwise, if, if it isn't, people... You, I think people switch off rather than engage. It can send people the other way. So it has to be fundamentally entertaining. Mm. My name's Orlando Gibbs. I play Neil Riley and an older Neil Riley. Your sacrifices are making all the difference. Thank you for all you do to make our planet a better place. Hammering it home a bit, aren't they? Yeah, I really enjoyed reading it. It was fab. I think it's the uh, it's it's the sort of the the premise of the, f the the last bank of episodes is that Liz encounters her great grandmother in 1914 Great Britain. This one sort of flips that and has Neil encounter himself. The older Neil is, uh, hopefully, will, it will hopefully be possible to tell the difference based on the performance. But Neil is still quite young, still quite kind of not sure of his place in the world, unsurprisingly, given that he travels to so many different worlds. Whereas this Neil has had the life experience and also has like achieved an enormous amount by being president of the, of the UK. So he has this kind of ambassador ease about him. I could help you find it. Help you fulfill your potential. If you wanted. I'd like that a... a lot. Good. I'm glad we're on the same page. And Time Slip, the time of the tipping point, is available from bigfinish.com right now. Just type tipping point into the search pane at the top to find it. Coming up soon, we'll be giving you a 15-minute drama tease of The Sixth Doctor Adventures Purity Unbound Girl in a Bubble by Jack Rayner out next Wednesday. Mm. But first, it's... 
the Random Point Selectatron, where we randomly select a big finish release and offer you, yes you, a 25% discount on it. What have we got, mate? Doctor Who, The Wrong Doctors. That's oh 169. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's Matt, Matt Smith. I was going to say Matt Fitton. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's Matt Smith. Colin Baker, Bonnie Langford. Um, it's quite on topic, isn't it? We mentioned them earlier in this podcast. It's the... Uh, well, let's listen to the trailer. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Doctor Who. The Wrong Doctors. Peas pottage hot. Peas pottage cold. Peas pottage in the pot nine days old. Melody Jane Bush, I sense her. Shouldn't you be off travelling with a future doctor? That's what the other you said when he left me here to meet you. I mean, not you, some other you. So my other self is walking into a trap. All you've done wiped from existence. Everything deleted from the timelines. Destroyed again and again. The readings are off the scale. The Valanxium's disintegrating. The toll must be paid. How right you are. Here, Mardak. <laughs> Down you go. Oh, he killed Derek. The raving, starving parasites of the Vortex will feast on you. Listen, they're coming. No. Run, Doctor. Run. <laughs> How delicious. A Time Lord who's run out of time. Inside a very large bomb. Just press down on this here handle. Oh, Mel. I'm so, so sorry. Subscribers get more at bigfinish.com. There we are. This is, I think, this is the first one that Matt Fitton did. Um, and I remember, uh, yeah, he sort of comes second or third in our uh, writers' competition. And uh, Alan Barnes, the script editor, said, um, "We could do worse than get a script from this guy. He's pretty good." And I read it, and I just loved it immediately. And I thought he's really got the knack here. And I don't think we ever looked back with Matt. It's just such a lovely, lovely story. And I'm sure it's been offered by Rand before because I seem to remember telling the anecdote that um, Bonnie Langford couldn't make it for. A section of this she she came along and acted with us for a bit but she also did a lot of her lines in isolation and um we had uh beth chalmers reading in for bonnie who's great and she did such a brilliant impersonation of bonnie that when i had the final files sent to me i had i gave it another listen through and i went oh whoa, 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 in scene six and seven or whatever it was that's beth chalmers that's not bonnie langford they actually have got quite similar voices haven't yeah they? there's a huskiness very to them. Yeah, yeah, very similar sort of tone. So we, yeah, yeah and the editor went, "Oh my goodness, you're absolutely right. I'm sorry about that. I just went back and uh, you know sorted it out." But yeah, you nearly got some, um, yes, some not Bonnie Langford in it. Um, while I emailed Jackie Emery, content manager at Big Finish, to inform her of our random selection so that she can set the offer live at the BigFinish.com website, Benji, how oh how oh how do we get that discount? <laughs> Well, you know, it's very I do. simple. I don't know why I'm asking. Well, I'm going to tell you. Okay. All you have to do... I must write that is email. Write an email. No, what you have to do is go to bigfinish.com. Once you're over there, head to podcast. That's on the menu at the top. Once oh, yeah. you're on the menu, it'll say... There'll be a little, little red button that'll say read more. You click it to read more. When you're reading more, you may notice... 
But in the second little paragraphy thing in there, is it worthy of being a paragraph? I don't know. It's well, only two lines long. Well, that could be a paragraph. It says here, uh, the Randomoid Selectron also features offering you a 25% reduction on the selected release. Just click here and enter the code buck up. That's B-U-C-K-U-P. All capital letters, no spaces, no punctuation. Don't add that full stop in after it for a start because, you know, you'll you'll, you'll uh, be barking up the wrong tree. Enter it in and you will get I was trying discount. to do a bark, Thank but it actually much. just sounded like, I don't know, me choking on a pickled onion. <laughs> yeah, it sounded like you trod on a piece of Lego or something. <laughs> Ooh! Ooh! Ugh. Hold on, that sounded a little bit like Piers Brosnan treading on a piece of Lego. <gasps> anyway, sorry, where were you with the... Um... No, I did it. I oh, did it's, it. Oh, it's thank done. goodness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enter that in. Good. You, 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 you could do worse. You could do worse, yeah. Many thanks, Ran. Next week's podcast, uh, released on the 3rd of September, is called Night Empire and features the Fifth Doctor story In the Night, which is released on the 5th of September, and Luther Arkwright, Heart of Empire, a sequel to the first Luther Arkwright we released... Uh, back in 1932 and this one's <laughs> released on uh, Thursday the 7th of September exciting I did a, a splodge of recording on that one as well you did is, uh, Great rather nice uh, in the meantime well, it stars David Tennant we should say shouldn't we yeah. it stars David Tennant yeah I didn't record with him though no. um, but um, yeah it's a big one check it out and, and listen to the um, the earlier ones as well you'll be able to find them on Big Finish it's only Type one Luther Arkwright yeah 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 well, you know good enough <laughs> Um, in the meantime, though, there only remains for me to say this. Uh, this edition of the Big Finish Podcast was presented by me, Benji Clifford, and him, Nick Briggs. Nick also wrote, produced, and edited it. And of course, Benji and I did this for, for the, the love, love of stories. And finally, on the Big Finish Podcast, the sixth Doctor Adventures, Purity Unbound, Girl in a Bubble by Jack Rayner. Oh, here we are. Are you comfy? Mm-hmm. There once was a potter who decided to fashion a whole world out of clay. The world I make must be both beautiful and pure, she said. I will use only the finest clay to build it and the finest pigments to decorate it. The potter collected a barrelful of the finest clay and shaped some of it into a world. She used the finest pigments to paint the world with blue oceans and green lands and sprinkled them with gemstones that became trees and flowers and beasts and fish, then fired it in the kiln. This world is truly beautiful, she said when she took it from the oven, but the beasts and the fish do not appreciate its beauty. My world must have people who will see its wonders, but they must be as pure and beautiful as the world, or the world itself will seem less than it is. So the potter took the remaining fine clay and shaped it into people, one at a time. And when each one came out of the kiln, she decorated it with the fine pigments and set it to live in her world. Finally, she had used up nearly all the clay. I've just enough to form one more person, she said. 
Because this will be the very last person for my world, I must make sure they are perfect in every way. The potter took up the clay, but she didn't notice at the bottom of the barrel there were crumbs of old clay, clay that was not the finest, and those clay crumbs formed part of her final sculpture. When the last person came out of the kiln, the potter painted it with her fine pigments. But the clay had cracked in the oven, and as she painted it, it began to crumble and break. At first, the potter was angry. She wanted to crush this imperfect figure into powder and throw it away. But as she looked at the person she'd made, she realised that it had a beauty all of its own. I would like this person to live in my world, she said. But because they were cracked in the kiln, they are not strong enough to survive there. As she looked around her, she saw that the heat of the kiln had turned a sprinkling of sand into glass. She gathered more sand and fashioned a bubble of glass and then put the last person into it. This will protect you, she said. As long as you stay in the bubble, you will be safe and you will be able to live in my world. But I want to run and jump and play, said the last person, who was a little girl. I want to visit the ocean and swim with the fish. No, said the potter. You will break or crumble. Your pigments will fade and your glaze will crack. You have to stay in the bubble where you will be safe. But the little girl had many adventures before she realised that the potter was telling her the truth. That's enough for tonight. Just one more chapter, please. The one with the octopus and the eel. It's time for sleep now. But it's my favourite book. That's because it's about you. I'll read you more tomorrow, OK? OK. Night-night, Uncle Ron. Night-night, E.B. Shoot, I'm warning you. Oh, put the gun down, Ron. Thank you, Hebe. Don't thank me, I'm thinking of the fish tanks. Those who live in glass houses shouldn't shoot energy weapons. If you want to put it like that. I think it would be a good idea if we talk this through calmly. We all seem to be on different pages, as it were. Ron, surely you know us. Mel and the Doctor. We're friends of your wife's, remember? My wife? Ron, have you been keeping a wife in your wardrobe without me knowing? Of course not. But you don't remember Elise. Elise? Ron, if you're in a relationship with my pet eel, we are going to be having very serious words. I don't know what they're talking about. I am most certainly not entangled with any sort of marine life. Mm, glad to hear it. Oh, no. The two of you aren't... 
an item, are you? No. <laughs> no. 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 Uh, Ron's my butler. Bodyguard. No. Bodyguard who does a bit of butling. Well, is there a particular reason you need a bodyguard? Well, not wanting to die seems a pretty good reason. What? I don't have to explain myself to you. No, of course you don't. But we're friends and we care about you. I don't have friends. How can I? I can't leave this place. What do you mean? This planet? This flat. Why? Because it's not safe for me out there. I'm broken clay. You're what? It's you, isn't it? What is? No one knows I live here. No one knows I exist. But first I get the notes, and then you turn up. Coincidence? Yeah, right. I think I should contact Purity Patrol. Or, or Purity herself. Uh, no. No, 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 no. I would appreciate it if you didn't do that. And I would appreciate it if you got out of my home. Get out. Get out! All right, uh, we'll leave. Doctor, we can't leave. I think we it's can't... for the best, Mel. As the poet Charles Churchill said, even in a hero's heart, discretion is the better part. Oh, that's, that's not on the approved list. What? We have every single approved book, including all three books of poetry, and that is not in there. Really? Well, that's very interesting. I don't care. Get out. All right, we're on our way. Good. Come along, Mel. I'll see you out. Hebe, I'm sorry. I... Get out. Goodbye. Doctor, the TARDIS. It's all right. Oh. Ron, please take this. What is it? A button. An SOS button, in fact. If you need us, if Hebe asks for us, press that and we'll come back. It could be a bomb. It could be, but it isn't. Please, trust me. I realise I have no way to prove this to you, but... We care about Hebe very much indeed. So do I. I can see that. Goodbye, Ron. Come along, Mel. <laughs> oh, you think there'd be a lift? Mm. Prisons don't always have bars, do they? Especially if you're disabled. How did any of this happen? Uh, Patricia died, but somehow Purity is in charge here. Everything we did was for nothing. She's won. Uh, but Hebe is back. She's not our Hebe. She is. She's just been moulded differently by a different world. A purity-shaped world. But at least she exists. Hold on to that. Mm. And we've just left her. And as I kept trying to tell you, the TARDIS. She's still parked in her bathroom. Oh, she'll be safe there. And Hebe will be safe too. As long as Ron doesn't contact purity. But I don't think he will. Now, let's see what this purity-shaped world is like. 
Ready? <sighs> Ready. Come on, then. Doctor. Yes? No. Doctor. Here on the door. Welcome to Doctor. The Development and Organization Center for Tidal Ocean Research. Doctor. Oh, that can't be a coincidence. Of course it isn't. It's a challenge. So Purity knows we're here? No. There would have been a reception committee awaiting us, but this shows she anticipated us turning up. Come along, Mel. They're gone. How did they get in here? Well, it's not that hard to get in the building, really. The thing that keeps a secret is that no one particularly wants to visit a boring office that researches seaweed. There's nothing boring about seaweed. I wish I could see the sea. I know. But here you're safe. That's the most important thing. Is it? Is it better to be safe? Or to live? That this sort of thinking isn't good for you. You can't live out there. I'm here to protect you. Oh, maybe I should let Purity know about those intruders. Just in case. Ah, oh, this all looks normal. Nice, even. Oh, well, what were you expecting? I'm not sure. Something like occupied France, perhaps. Purity patrols stomping the streets in jackboots. While I realise I didn't know Patricia as well as I once thought I did, that sort of deliberate conscious cruelty... No, I don't think she would do that. When Hebe was erased from existence, it was a by-product of her actions, not a choice. We've got Hebe back, but they'd never heard of Elise. Has she been sacrificed in Hebe's place? I hope not. We need to discover exactly when this timeline deviated from our own. Mel, in our timeline, mm -hmm. how did purity come about? Um, Patricia took Tanis Fallon's time suit. No, 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 go back further than that. What led up to that point? Oh, all right. Um, your friend, Evelyn Smythe, got to know Hebe and Elise through a group for disabled students, the Lame Ducks. <laughs> Evelyn gave them the means to contact the TARDIS in an emergency. Hebe called us to Albatross Alpha, and she joined us in the TARDIS until Elise called us back to Earth. And it was then that we encountered Professor Patricia McBride, ex-wife of Elise's husband, Ron who took a trip in the TARDIS and saw a vibrant, beautiful, inclusive future that was anathema to her. She stole the time suit to try to change it and became purity. But as someone with, as you put it, a tangled timeline yourself, can you see a problem with all of this? 
Oh. Uh, in this timeline, we wouldn't have met Patricia in the first place. Aha. Uh -huh. So she couldn't have created this timeline. A paradoxical paradox. So how can this world exist? It can't. I was just about to send a message to Purity Central. You all right? Do I sound all right? Come in here. In the bathroom? Yes, in the bathroom. What? Have you hurt yourself? No. Oh, for goodness sake, just get in here. What is that? Apparently it's a police public call box. Why is it in the bathroom? Maybe it needs a wash. I don't know. How did it even get in here? Oh, this is very worrying. Pull to open, it says. Let's give it a go. I wouldn't do... <gasps> oh! You all right? It, it's, it's more alive than I am. Feel it. It's, it's like it breathes, like a fish filtering oxygen from water around it. Ibi, come away. Now. Now. <gasps> this... There's a whole world outside, Ron. A whole, a whole universe. I saw it. But here I am. Just me, my fish, and you. I like how I rank below the fish. <laughs> You're my greatest comfort, you know that. Elise was right, you are sweet. What? I, I, I don't know. Different. Just for a moment, like someone else had climbed inside my brain. Big finish for the love of stories.